1972, a crack commando unit was sent to a liturgical prison by a canonical court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security diocesan stockade to the ecclesial underground. Today, still wanted by the Vatican, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, then you should listen to Libra Cristo War College. Wednesday War College. Hey, uh, today is the the feast of the Holy Souls in Purgatory. What a beautiful thing to do. If you can, try to get the Mass today. It'd be a beautiful thing to do that. And remember that the Holy Souls in Purgatory, as I was sitting in the Mass today, I was thinking about, God willing, please God, one day I'll be one of those Holy Souls in Purgatory, and I'm going to be hoping that somebody was praying for me. So uh, let's remember that the Holy Souls in Purgatory can pray for us, but they can pray for themselves. Dan, welcome. Wednesday War College. Good to have you back, my friend. Hey, it's great to be here, Jess. I'm Ted in for Jesus. Yep. Hey, uh, Dan, <clears throat> uh, the other, well, two days ago during Halloween, my uh, my oldest grandson uh, said, hey, hey, Grandpa, look at this. So I looked at his bag of, full of candy, and my daughter dumped it on the kitchen table, and there was a crystal rock in the bag. Uh-huh. So I said, I asked him, he's, he's six years old and six, seven. And I said, where'd you get this rock at? He goes, oh, there's a man that gave it to me. He, he gave it to me in my hand. And then he told me to put it in the bag and I did. And then, uh, and then he put candy in the bag and then we walked away. So <clears throat> when, she, when we brought it home, I said, and my my daughter knew kind of right away. She goes, "Dad, isn't that witchcraft? Isn't that the occult?" I said, "Absolutely, it is." She knew because she they hear me talk about it all the time. My kids. So I said, "Okay, here's what we're gonna do." So I put a little bit of holy water on his hand, and uh, and uh, I I said, "Okay," uh, to, to my son. I said, "I want you to pray." Uh, for your son, just I want you to lay your hand on his head and just pray for him and bless him, and to remove any contamination. Just repeat after me. So he did. He just repeated after me. Then I took the rock, and I just followed basically the protocol on, on disposing of cursed objects. Went to the garage, smashed it, broke it in three places, put it in a plastic bag, went out into the desert, and uh, you know uh, did did the prayers uh, of of uh, decommissioning in case there's any evil spirit. And uh, did also the prayers of when I buried that rock, I did the prayers of retaliation for me and my family. So, yeah, Dan, it's I mean, it just nobody ever put a, a crystal when I was a kid going from house to house. But it goes no. to show you the way the way Halloween is, is definitely changed. I think a lot of these and that's why a lot of there's less and less people going out there because these occultists, they're pretty brazen. They're pretty open now. They're going to start be throwing crystals in a kid's bag. Uh, yeah, my daughter says, yeah, this is the last time I'll ever go out there. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's turned into something very dark, Dan Commons. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I saw an article this week on the roots of Halloween and this was in a, um, a conservative news outlet and they're trying to, you know, say it goes back to Celtic, um, you know, Druid and this and that and celebrating death. And, um, I'm not convinced, um, um, you know, as Catholics, the roots go back to All Hallows' Eve. 
all, all, all Saints Day. And so it's a great celebration where the three states of the church, according to the catechism, come together. The church, the church uh, uh, um, suffering uh, and purgatory today, the church militant on earth, the church triumphant we celebrated yesterday. And we stand in this in between as, as Catholics live in, as you say, uh, quoting um, uh, the uh, Ruth, uh, you, you were born for or uh, you were yeah. born for such a time as this, not Ruth, Esther. Yeah. Esther. Esther. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here we are militating for that and it's just becoming weirder and weirder. And I think it's something that is becoming more and more obvious. Yeah. If you want to do something uh, with family, friends, that sort of thing, but certainly not, it's, it's not what it, it's not what it was when we were kids when you dressed up in your dad's military uniform, uh, you went as a hobo, yeah, you don't have to dress up as a hobo. Most people oh. dress like hobos when they get on an airplane. I still dress nice. I don't wear a tie, um, but I always wear a sport coat. I, I'm still the old school military guy. I think you should dress nice when you travel. I see people walking up in their pajamas and their, you know. Um, yeah, most people dress like they're in Halloween when they go to the airport. So, yeah, so you're right. It's just becoming it's becoming macabre. It's becoming dangerous, uh, something that it never was intended to be. It it's certainly shows what happens when we separate our Christian roots from Western civilization, you get a, you get a pre pre pagan or pre Christian uh, yeah. forms now expressing themselves. Yeah. That's what happens when you separate Christianity uh, yeah, from the culture, you get uh, crystal rocks in your, in, in your Halloween bag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know a couple of years ago, now we got Christmas coming up one year, uh, uh, like two or three of my family members showed up after a white elephant party with a, with one of those uh, Himalayan salt lamps, you know? And again, some things you just can't separate from there. You just type in Himalayan salt lamp uh, or Himalayan salt lamp plus a cult, crystal plus a cult. You're going to, you're going to find out why, how the occult uses these things. So, and so, yeah, I'm like, yeah, get rid of them. You know, I took them and did the same thing you did. You, you sprinkle with holy water. You, you ask the Lord to decommission any evil from it, pray a prayer against retaliation, and then, uh, you know, bomb squad takes over. Yeah. Burn, bury or break it. Break, bury. Yeah. Ba- Running break, water bury. if you can. Yeah. yeah. Big, get rid of it. And then just, and then just bury it deep. Hey, Dan, I want to talk a little bit about Hollywood actress, Megan Fox. She mocks Holy Communion in a lewd costume. There's a picture, which is, uh, <clears throat> it's just dark, man. This woman, this woman, uh, she's, well, she's a Satanist. There's a website that I, that I saw, I think about a month and a half, two months ago, about 25 confirmed Satanists. She's one of them. So it's it's not even we're we're not we're not saying this about her. She's saying this about herself, uh, and so it says here. Despite the push for people to abandon problematic Halloween costumes, which appropriate other cultures, the cultural left has not taken aim at costumes which mock Christianity, and that's exactly what she's doing in this picture. It's like a communion service. Uh, yesterday, actress Megan Fox posted an Instagram a photo of her kneeling in bondage gear pretending to receive communion from her fiancé, George Kelly Barnes, known as Machine Gun Kelly, who was dressed as a satanic-looking priest uh, in black and red holding a chalice. The the celebrity captioned the image, said, On Sundays, we take communion. Uh, And again, the caption is very indecent and blasphemous to publish. So uh, He's dressed as a a satanic priest. Yeah. Yeah. So, followed by an emoji of praying hands and prayer beads, she published four other images in the same post, all of which, uh, all of which, uh, the duo, uh, all of either the duo or just her in the same gear. The bo- so, Dan, can you imagine? 
you think Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox would do a, a, a mockery, some type of service of Islam? Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. This is what we think of Allah. This is what we think of Ramadan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? These Satanists know the P.O. box of the one true church. This is why they're always oh, they do. after. Yeah, they, they know the P.O. box of the one true church. As Catholics, we believe that Holy Communion, the Eucharist, is literally the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. And earlier this year, Megan Fox raised eyebrows when she told Glamour UK that she and Machine Gun Kelly, quote, consumed each other's blood on occasion for ritual purposes, close quote. Uh, this is the one indication that Fox might actually be afflicted by demonic influence. Look at what, what uh, just... Might? Ba- she says exactly uh, where she's coming from. Yeah. She's you think she might what? be afflicted? I- yeah. Ritual yeah. purposes. The only church yeah. that does this for ritual purposes are the Catholic Church and Satanist. And she's not a Catholic. Uh, and, and so obviously she just, she just uh, dog whistling all of us that she's a Satanist. And she actually goes into it, Dan. She says, oh, it's just a few drops. But yes, we do consume each other's bloods on occasion for ritual purposes. It's used for a reason. It's used for a reason. And it's, it is controlled like let's shed a few drops of blood and drink it. He, Machine Gun Kelly, is much more haphazard and hectic and chaotic where he's, where he's willing to just like cut his chest open and with broken glass and be like, take my soul. Megan Fox laughed. She said, it does not happen. Let me tell you, maybe not exactly like that, but a version of that has happened many times. Uh, back in 2016, 2017, Fox and her now ex-husband defended letting their young son wear dresses. The whole LGBT community and Satanism, these guys, uh, these guys are birds of the same feather. They flock together. Despite the push for people to abandon problematic Halloween costumes, which appropriate other cultures... The cultural left has not taken aim at costumes mocking Christianity, or is there any cultural shortage of gimmicks that blaspheme or mock Catholicism? This year, Adidas released a blasphemous bikini with the names of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on the top pieces and the bottom. The baiting suit was publicized by a popular social media influencer, and as of press time, more than 29,000 people have signed a petition demanding Adidas remove the bathing suit from its inventory. Dan, this is a full-scale attack from the dark side. Yeah, no doubt. It's is, uh, it, it, you know, it's it's just becoming more and more overt and open. Um, you know, you and I were kind of chatting earlier today about blood, and and blood is the the coin of the realm to the occultists. So um, all of mockery of of Christ and His blood and the sacrifice of Calvary. So what you know in the traditional calendar last. Last Sunday, the traditional calendar was the Feast of Christ the King, and and the church celebrates leading up to this what used to be a triduum, um, you know, All Hallows Eve, uh, All Saints Day, All Souls Day, establishing Christ as King. And uh, Pius the, the it was Pius the Eleventh who put out an encyclical de- decrying the the heresy of laicism, which says that man can reach. Uh, they can they can reach unity among nations, among people, uh, um, among there could be peace uh, without God, without Christ. And the church's response is no. There must be one King, and that King is Jesus Christ. And where does He reign? He reigns on the cross. Amen. It's through His blood that He reigns. And so it's a mockery Dan, of the Holy Eucharist. Hard break, Dan. Hard break. We'll be right back. Hold that thought. Continue that with that thought. Segment two. We'll okay. be right back. War College.
Wednesday War College. Just remember, Dan Schneider, we're talking about uh, Megan Fox and her Machine Gun Kelly and their blasphemous mimics and parody of the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, they're both Satanist. I've, I've seen them on a different website where they've admitted this. So we're not just talking, we're talking about actors, not only who are malformed, have a malformed, deformed moral conscience, but they're also actors who are Satanists, and they have a huge footprint with young people, especially. And these, uh, these, these two uh, um, Satanists drink each other's blood. Dan, I'm looking at this one, uh, this one Protestant occult expert and author, Bill Schnobelin. He says, and th- this this seems to be it seems to track with, with with what I've read. He says, uh, for the occultists, for witches, human blood was believed to open the gates of Anawin. Anawin is aim is Welsh for the other world. So human blood was believed to open the gates of the other world and release the spirits for a night. So uh, yeah, so this practice about drinking each other's human blood, this uh, this has deep occult ties, and again. Uh, it's just it's just a mockery of the only blood that can save us, Jesus Christ and the Holy Eucharist, not your not your neighbor's blood. Yeah, um, there's only one blood that opens the true gates to the true other world and the world that we were created for, which is the heavenly realm. And that's the blood of Jesus Christ. And in Hebrews, it says um, um He passes through a greater, more perfect tabernacle, not made by hands, not belonging to this creation. He enters all into the sanctuary, not with the blood of goats or calves, but with his own blood, thus attaining eternal redemption. And goes on this long explanation, but says in in Hebrews 9.22, according to the law, almost everything is purified by blood and without the shedding of blood forgiveness and so it's through the splitting of shedding of blood um that in christ offering of himself as the paschal sacrifice and uh if we have more time we can go into the gospel of john and where john presents jesus as king as ruler you know uh he he's wearing purple he's sitting on the you know he seats himself on the judgment seat you could read instead of Pilate sat him it could say he sat jesus on the judgment seat and jesus judges the world and he bears the cross, and there's no mention of Simon of Cyrene helping him bear the cross. He bears it himself. Uh, um, the, the the three languages of the known world, Hebrew, Greek, and Latin, um, Jesus, king of the Jews, right? So the whole discussion with Pilate about kingship, all these things point to Christ as king, and it's through the cross and the shedding of his blood that uh, uh, that that he conquers the evil one. And so the evil one is constantly going to try to distort everything that is true and beautiful and good. And so this is just a direct, the, the use of blood is just a direct mockery of the sacrifice of Christ. Yeah, I think Hebrews 9.22 just, that yeah. He, uh, Hebrews 9.22 opens up our understanding of the power of the blood. For without blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Uh, and this is exactly why, by the way, Dan, if you remember the movie, The Passion of the Christ, uh, when Jesus dies on the cross, the cameras pan over to the devil who's transgender. You can't tell if he's male or female. And I think Mel Gibson did that on purpose. They, the, the camera pans over to the devil and the devil screams. Yeah. Now, why is the devil screaming when he sees Jesus Christ dying on the cross? To me, he's, cry- he's screaming because <laughs> he wasn't sure up until that point if that was, if that was Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah. 
Uh, but at that point, it became very clear to him that when he shed his blood, there was forgiveness of sins. And he realized that he was, as Dr. Peter Crave says, Calvary is judo. Uh, judo is the martial arts where you take your person's, your opponent's body weight and their inertia as they're coming at you and you throw them. This is what Christ, Dr. Craig says, this is what Christ did on Calvary to the devil. He used his plan against him to throw him. Uh, again, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. The devil saw this and he says, I've been duped. I've been fooled. Uh, now, with the, with the shedding of his blood, there is forgiveness of sins. There is redemption. And, uh, and this is, again, why he screamed, because he realized that uh, that he had convinced the Jews and the Romans to kill this uh, would-be Messiah, but instead he was playing into God's plan of salvation history. Yeah, yeah. If uh, the uh, the early ch- early church father Saint Ignatius of Antioch, who was a who was a disciple of John the Apostle himself, um, actually was martyred on his way to Rome. Uh, to be martyred and thrown to the lions. He wrote seven letters to seven churches. Some of those churches, the ones that are represented in the book of Revelation. Um, he he had a beautiful say, st- statement talking about the things that were hidden from the devil, one of them being the incarnation, what he calls three whispers of a cry wrought in the silence of God. And so that that is an early, I mean, this is, he's writ, wrote you know, John, the beloved disciple, is still alive at this time, and so uh, that 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 mystical and, and artistic depiction uh, from from Jim Caviezel is is I think consistent with that ancient tradition that the devil did the devil really really know? He even said, "If you are when he tempted Jesus, if you are the Son of God, right? If you are the Son of God, show yourself, show yourself through your power." And and so Jesus says, I'll, I'll I'll show you myself in my power on the cross, the ultimate the ultimate judo. Um, I have a I have a friend who's a, a, a good friend who's an exorcist, and he's also a, a judo artist and a black belt. And he said they had this thing called the. And again, you and I are strikers, right? You were a kickboxer, yeah. and I was yeah. a boxer. The judo guys, those guys are a different breed. The the, yep. the grapplers, you know. And so they have this move. They call it the can can, and and you get. You get your opponent on your hip, but you use the you, you use his body position against yours and his weight that he can only keep one foot on the ground. And they call it the can can because that was an old dance back in the 40s. And so you you basically dance him one leg hopping around the ring, and he knows it's just inevitable. It's just a matter of time before you flip him over your hip and he's looking up at the lights. And so this is this is this is what what Jesus does on the cross. He does the ultimate can can. He does the ultimate body slam. He does the ultimate judo move. And taps the enemy out, and so. Um, but it was something that was. Who could have imagined? Who could have imagined God become man? So anyway, that's just right. an early witness to it. That that's kind of consistent with what, what Dr. Peter Kreef says. Right. Yeah. Saint Paul. I think he 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 makes the case very strong in First Corinthians two eight. Saint Paul says, "None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had." They would not have crucified the Lord yeah. of glory. Yeah, right. talk, the rulers of the sage, every commentary that I've looked at, they're saying this is Satan and his minions. These are demons. This is a reference to the, the spirit world. So I'll read it again. First Corinthians 2.8. None of the rulers of this age 
and this is a reference to demons, understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. What is it that they didn't understand? They didn't realize. If this is Christ, and and the Son of God, and we kill him, guess what? The shedding of his blood is going to uh, is going to be the forgiveness of sins, and we're going to play right into it. And so, uh, this is uh, again Peter Crave. Calvary is judo. He says this: the enemy's own power is used to defeat him. Satan's ends. Good Friday was God's means to save the world. Easter Sunday. Mm. Also, something else, Dan, about blood. I don't, I don't think it's a coincidence that. That we're saved by the blood of Jesus, redeemed by the blood of Jesus. You know, going back to that uh, verse in Leviticus, uh, I forget where it's at in Leviticus, where it says, um, the life uh, the life is in the blood. The life is in the blood. It's, it, yeah. I think it's Leviticus chapter 17. Here's something very interesting. And my, my wife has told me this for years. My wife was a registered nurse for many years. But she told me, uh, my wife said, the reason I think that blood is, is used uh, on a supernatural level to save us, the, the blood of Christ, is because on a natural level, you know, this red plasma that we call blood, with these red and white blood cells that circulate through the heart and the arteries, my wife says, blood is a body tissue that carries oxygen to the brain. It carries oxygen to the relevant parts of the body, and blood also takes the carbon dioxide and the waste matter away from the body tissues. In other words, when you use a toilet, that's because the blood is getting all the toxins out of your body and blood also. So that's that's the defensive part of blood. The offensive part of blood is that as it flows through your veins, it carries oxygen to all the relevant parts of your brain that need oxygen. So it's not a coincidence that because blood affects life in the body, it's not a coincidence that God would use blood now on a supernatural level to to affect life to the soul, but it has to be the blood of Jesus, not the blood of, of Megan Fox or the or the or the blood of a machine gun Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Um in in you know in the, in the ancient Semitic mind, um like you say, blood represents the life force. Um and we know even today medically you can live without brain function. Right. I mean, you could be completely brain dead and still be alive, but you cannot live without blood. And so in, 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 in the mystic in, in the in the Semitic mind, it was the life force. And so in the ancient sacrifice, you see the, 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 the pouring out of the blood of the sacrificial animal and then the whole burnt offering. So the, 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 the animal is taken and transformed and through the offering sent up to God as a, of a sweet smelling oblation. And so this is the theology. But what occurred in history, we now have in mystery. And so it, even in, it, you know, we hear a lot about, you know, the Davidic covenant and the Messiah and to, the Messiah. The Greek word is Christos and where we get the word Christian, you know, and who was anointed. That means anointed. But the um, priest, prophet and king. But the, so that they had the 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 the, um, the Jews had an understanding of the Messiah that become the Davidic king. Pilate himself must have known are you a king or not? Right. Um, but one of the things that was another element of the Messiah, another tradition of the Messianic prophecies that's often overlooked is the prophecy of the suffering servant. Um, mm-hmm. Isaiah begins around Isaiah 40 through like 54. And so and so Jesus 
shows what the can-can looked like. This is what the hip toss looked like. You were expecting, the world was expecting, the enemy was expecting a Davidic king, and I am the Davidic king. I, my, 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 my evangelist wrote about, you know, Matthew in particular wrote about my, my, you know, with seven generations of seven and now into the seventh generation, right, et cetera, or the eighth, the new, the, the new king, but also this messianic king who would suffer, the suffering servant. And this is what he says on the road to Emmaus, um, how foolish you are, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and so enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and the prophets, he interpreted to them all that referred to him in the scriptures. So this suffering Messiah was one that was, again, it was it's, a, it's another, another strain in ancient rabbinic Judaism. They knew that somehow the Messiah would suffer for Israel. Yes, written in a time of exile, a time of slavery, and through Israel's suffering, this generation's suffering, Heartbreak, renewal. Heartbreak. All right, heartbreak. We'll, we'll be back. We'll come back with some more DDT after that. Devil destroying theology. <laughs> Wednesday War College. This is where you get DDT. What's that? Devil destroying theology. Just remember, Dan Schneider. We're talking about uh, the the power of the blood of Jesus. And for somebody just texted me and said, "Jess, what verse is that in Leviticus? I found it. It's Leviticus Leviticus chapter seventeen, verse fourteen. It says, "For the life of every creature is the blood of it. Therefore, I have said to the people of Israel." You shall not eat the blood of any creature. Whoever eats it shall be cut off. So there it is. The life of every creature is the blood of it. Uh, I tell people when you go to Mass on Sunday, we Catholics get Jesus blood transfusion. (laughs) You want to get to heaven? You need Jesus blood transfusion. Dan, can you pick up where you left off? Yeah, um, right, right there. If you stay right there in Leviticus, you you see the power of the blood, and you look at the two elements of of this depraved world, the things that we sh- that we not even worth speaking of, apart from just revealing the, the 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 works of darkness. Right after that segment on the sacredness of blood is the sacredness of sex, right? And so mm-hmm. in Leviticus eighteen, the Lord said. To Moses, speak to the Israelites and tell them, I, the Lord, am your God. You shall not do what they do in the land of Egypt, where you once lived. You shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan, as I'm bringing bringing you to, nor conform to their customs. Right? And what are their customs? Uh, uh, um, you shall not have approached close relations or have sexual intercourse with a close relative, intercourse with your mother, etc., incest. Uh, and so part of the ritualistic practices of these ancient religions was ritualistic sex. And so we see Megan Fox talks about the use of blood ritualistically, and there will be a sexual element to it as well, because this is this is this is part of the 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 pagan uh, um, view of the world misconstruing and mis and, and distorting um, true religion. And so, and, um, don't lie with a male as with a woman, et cetera. So the sacredness of, of sexuality, so the shedding of blood and sexuality are two areas that are, are very, very, uh, um, uh, central, 
um, to 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 the pagan worship and the, and in satanic worship, but also these are things that are central to us, right? The the uh, you know this the, the the precious blood of Jesus was born in a virginal, uh, shed from a virginal body. The sacredness of sex, but also the denouncing for the sake of the kingdom, living in in this this eschatological reality, right? As 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 a soul in heaven that offers not only their bodies but their actual the the their fecundity their physical fecundity is now offered to God so that it may be converted into a spiritual fecundity, and so this power of the generative principle is also another area that is grossly distorted, savagely restored it re- distorted uh, by t- by today's world. Dan, there there was there was a practice. It, it's not used much anymore in medicine. It's called a phlebotomy, or, or they'll call it bloodletting. And and what that means, this is when doctors they'll withdraw like you know considerable quantities of blood from a patient to cure or to prevent some type of dis- illness or disease. And th- this was an ancient system of medicine uh, in which they try to cure people or maintain people's health by uh, you know. Uh, withdrawing some of the blood from their body, so it's called it's called bloodletting, the therapeutic removal of blood, usually from a vein, yeah. or it's also called phlebotomy. Well, I say this because if you understand this, now you're going to understand why Jesus Christ shed His blood on Calvary. This is exactly what was happening on Calvary because if it, it, if all of us. If he had all our sins upon the cross on his shoulders and 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 Jesus had basically uh had had felt the effects of sin on his shoulders well as he shed his blood now the cross is 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 what's going on is spiritual phlebotomy it's an instrument for bloodletting and this is an ancient practice to, to cure patients because it's a sure means of shedding blood and and so when people say, so why did he shed his blood? Well, he shed his blood because he took all the sins of the world upon himself. And then to heal the sins of the world, he now began shedding his blood and making atonement for us uh, through his suffering and, and his death on the cross. So what he did on the cross, it's, 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 it ties into a medical practice called bloodletting or phlebotomy. And, and that's why... We as Catholics, we also have the great uh, benefit of entering into the suffering of Christ ourselves. In Colossians one twenty four. now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. Uh, so, Dan, there's a whole lot to this blood of Jesus. You know, uh, the, just just when you look at medicine and you look at the Old Testament, boy, you can meditate upon the blood of Jesus for hours. Yeah. 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 If you look too at the, uh, the, the writings of the early church fathers as they as they tried to flesh out and explain the, diff- the symbolism and the richness of what uh, the, the words and deeds of Christ, you know, um, this is from John 19. But when they had when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. That's in conformity with Exodus twelve forty six. That you didn't, you do not break the bones. It's the, the, the Paschal Lamb had to have no broken bones. But one of the soldiers thrust his lance into his side. Literally, the plura in Greek, the rib 
the only place you're going to see this in the New Testament, the rib where the side of Adam, where God produced Eve. And from this rib of the new Adam flows what? Blood and water. And immediately blood and water flowed out. And so we see all sorts of rich symbolism uh, there for our Lexio Divina and contemplation on this. You know, some of the fathers talked about the blood of the Eucharist, the water of the Holy Spirit. In John's Gospel, we know water symbolized the union and life of the Holy Spirit. He who believes in me, rivers of water shall flow up from within him, right? Give me this water so that I may never have to come here and never thirst again, right? Um, so the water of the Spirit, other fathers, I think Ephraim the Syrian talked about the, the waters and water and blood as in birth, right? As a woman giving birth. So Christ from the rib gives birth in a sense. Again, this is not our twisted transgendered culture, but as a woman gives birth, so Christ gives, or, you know, so Christ from his side gives birth to Eve, right? Brings forth Eve, the church, you know, even so much so that there, there's one ancient uh, baptismal font um, in in Africa, I believe. Um, Euro Europas, I think, is where it's at. It's shaped. Now, they don't really know, but they've uncovered this ancient font from, say, the third century. And it's shaped, they think, speculation. They're not sure the shape, but it looks like it's shaped like a womb. And so the, the symbolism of baptism is you know we would we would strip naked the 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 catacombs would be stripped they would their tattoos would be inspected they would denounce their any paganism attached to the um, this is why they had deacons wise married deacons the deacons wise would help this to protect modesty and then they would they would enter into the water as if a new birth this is the language of Saint Paul being reborn in Christ through the waters of baptism, you come into the water, you do a threefold renunciation of the world, I reject the world, the, the, the flesh, the world, the devil, and you're baptized in the name of the triune God, Jesus is Lord, you come out of this womb-like baptismal font, newborn in Christ, and you walk to the altar to receive the Holy Eucharist for the first time. This is the ancient mystical understanding of our faith. This is the way the devil sees it as well. We're just like, we fight. I was talking to a priest this week. I had two sacristans got into a scream, screaming match in the in the sacristy, arguing about whose turn it was to serve today, right? And I told him, Father, that's when you say, thank you both for your service. I don't need either of you. I don't need you at all. In fact, I can do this by myself. And so we're losing the concept of that of the mystical elements of the sacraments and the, and the power of the blood of Jesus. This is why Father Ripperger has put the, 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 the litany of the precious blood into the Exilium Christianorum prayers, the power in the blood of Christ, invoking the blood of Christ and all the nuances, you know, uh, um, um, uh, of that litany, bringing down all those charisms that are contained in the litany, each mm. element of the blood of Christ being brought to bear uh, in your life and in the world. It's it's a beautiful theology. We have to get beyond this kind of linear, secular, linear, humanistic view of the church and the sacraments and go to the deeper mystical view. Put on your glasses, your 3D glasses. Remember the 3D movies back in the day? Oh, yeah. You put on those things, man, and you just you just thought for sure that the, the dinosaur was going to come to life on the screen. We need to put on our 3D glasses. We need to have a sanctified vision because only through a sanctified vision are we going to go into the deep waters of the, of the teaching of the Catholic Church. Dan, I want to mention also another verse that jumps out that people, when it, when it's 
regarding the blood of Jesus is in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Uh, when the Bible says what, what, that Christ becomes sin, what this means, for, for the Jews, when they say become sin, that's another way of saying becomes a sin offering. So the Hebrew understanding of become sin and sin offering, it means the same thing. So what Paul is saying, Paul is saying here, he's making the point to say that Christ, who is sinless, was made not a sinner per se. He was made our sin offering. And so right. Jesus allowed his life blood to flow out of him, a life which had been made to suffer the effects of sin. He suffered the effects of sin, but he wasn't a sinner himself. He he wasn't sin. He was a he became a sin offering. That's the best way to understand that verse. Uh, yeah, yeah. St. Paul says, uh, for those that would say, see, he died for us, so we don't have to do anything. It's, he, he did it, right? It is finished, he said. Well, if it's finished, why does St. Paul say he rejoices in his suffering for my sake? And in my body, I make up what's lacking in the suffering of Christ's body, which is the church. Again, the mystical understanding of the body of Christ, the three states of the church. This is huge. Romans 12:1. I urge you, therefore, brothers, this is not just for Jesus, I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. In our discussion, do not conform yourself to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your Heartbreak, mind. Heartbreak, Dan. Heartbreak. Heartbreak. Wednesday War College. We'll be DDT back. DDT today. DDT More today, More DDT. Jeff. Doubles is throwing theology. <laughs> Wednesday War College, you got your two spiritual fitness trainers. This is the UFC where we make people ultimate faithful Catholics. You're going to get some MMA training every single Wednesday. We're going to turn you part of Mother Mary's Army. And uh, this is where you get DDT, Devil Destroying Theology. <laughs> Dan, we're talking about all things spiritual warfare here. You were talking about uh, giving us the theology of the blood of Jesus. Uh, finish your thought, my friend. Yeah, no. So, Saint Paul, you, you, you know, talks about make your by the mercy of God offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Your spiritual worship, learning to offer ourselves. This is uh, um, offering in 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 small little things in conformity to the will of God. This is absolutely critical. You know, in the new in the new book that's coming out, part of our protocol is teaching it's a deep catechetical dive and part of it is going back to that that thing that most of our mothers or grandmothers once told us you know when you get cut from the baseball team girlfriend breaks up with you you know the 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 you didn't make the cheerleading squad or whatever um what does your grandma always tell you offer it up offer it up and this is in that simple little theology that it seems to escape many many theologians today this the power of self-offering, of offering one up in conformity. Um, this is this is one of those things that does spiritual judo um, on the enemy, is offering, if, if it worked in, in an absolute objective way because the absolute unmoved mover did it, God um, offered himself up ultimately. How much more, I mean, how do we, we 
also can participate in that. And so if if it is finished, Christ says from the cross, but Paul says he makes up what's lacking in Christ's suffering, objectively, he objectively uh, won for our salvation once for all, it says in the book of Hebrews, but he has left over our subjective participation in the distribution of those graces on Calvary. And so, and so the preservation of the corpus, the instincts that the, that the pagan uh, uh, grafts on, we turn inside out and we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice as well, as little Christ, to bring about the redemption of, uh, of souls, to offer ourselves for souls. And this is the deep, these are also deep waters of Catholic spirituality that's largely neglected. But Pope John Paul wrote about it uh, um, in, 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 in his encyclical on suffering. Pius XII wrote, when he, he wrote an encyclical on the church, mystic corporis, the mystical body. And what does he say? It's, it's not because of need, but God has, uh, has chosen to uh, uh, have our participation in the distribution of the graces of Calvary, um, not because he needs us, because he wants us to share in that. So much so, uh, St. Faustina, um, people know half the answer. I'll ask this when I give talks. Okay, Faustina said that um, if the angels could envy man, they would envy us for, if they could envy, they would envy us for two things. And one of them is they would envy, envy us that we can receive Holy Communion, the body and blood, soul, divinity of Jesus Christ. But the second thing that she says that if the angels could envy, it would they would envy us for our ability to suffer. She mm. links suffering with 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 receiving communion at the same level wow. of something that would inspire an angel to to be jealous of us. Heavy stuff, heavy duty stuff, uh, Dan. I, I just want to mention something that's at the at the end, at the tail end of this article, the Megan Fox article. Uh, and, you, and you brought it up a little while ago. It says <clears throat> uh, that o- October 31st was actually an important part of a short liturgical season focused on death called All Hallow Tide. All Saints Day has been celebrated on November 1st since the first millennium. It was sometimes called Hallow Mass or All Hallows. Its origins were practical. With all the great martyrs and saints of the early church, there weren't enough days in the year to honor them all. All Hallows was a catch-up all day. The vigil for this important feast was called All Hallows Eve, which got contracted to Halloween. It was often a day of fasting and praying in preparation for the great feast on All Hallows, which began in the evening with a vigil mass. All Hallows Eve, All Saints Day, and then All Souls Day, formed what was known as the Tritium of Death. The octave of all saints, like the vigil of all saints, was another casualty of pre-Vatican II liturgical reform in 1955 that few people spiritually celebrate anymore. While the secular world knows only Halloween, the dark side of it, a Catholic grounded in the faith and in the immemorial customs of his forefathers knows that the vigil of all saints... All Saints Day and All Souls Day form a tritium when he has a responsibility to pray for the dead and honor the saints in heaven. Let us allow these days to pass without restoring and practicing in their own homes some of these customs. Don't forget to pray the rosary today for your dead family members. You should be praying the rosary every day. And the last thing I'll add and just flip it, hand it over to Dan. 
one of the ways you can get used to praying for the dead every day is I just do it after I after it's an after meal prayer. So I do it three times a day. I pray for the dead every day, three times a day throughout the year. The, the after meal pray, prayer goes, it's a Catholic after meal prayer. It goes, we give thee thanks, almighty God, for all thy benefits who lives and reigns forever. And may the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. Most Catholics know the before me meal, meal prayer. Bless us, the Lord, for these fine. Most Catholics know that. But most Catholics don't know that in tradition, there's also an after-meal prayer, so you can be praying for your beloved dead three times a day throughout the year. Dan, comments? Yeah, yeah. Um, now, this is this is from First Peter one um, seventeen. Now, if you invoke as Father him who judges impartially according to each one's works, conduct yourselves with reverence during this time of your sojourning, realizing you are ransomed from your futile conduct— handed on by our ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ of as of a spotless, unblemished lamb. And then, what does he say? Rid yourselves of all malice, deceit, sincerity, envy, slander, like newborn infants, long for pure spiritual milk so that you may grow into salvation. For you have tasted that the Lord is good, very Eucharistic, our birth in Christ through his blood, makes us able to receive our Lord eucharistically. Come to him a living stone rejected by human beings, but uh, chosen and precious in the sight of God. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we offer these spiritual sacrifices to God. It's a very simple and a very holy spirituality. Therese of Lisieux, doctor of the church, um, be, discovered this. Her the, the, her doctrine of spiritual childhood or littleness is is packed in with the, the the power of suffering. And this is something that the demon wholeheartedly rejects outright. It's something he recalls against. He cannot understand how somebody could offer themselves for others as Christ. But going back again to this triduum of feast days that we celebrate that's been usurped by the pagans, it was set up for the octave. From last Sunday, if you went to if you went to the traditional Latin Mass this weekend, it was the celebration of Christ the King. Yeah, and it's Christ the King, not the King of the Jews, not the King of the Middle East, not the King of Catholics, King of the Universe, King of the Universe. And and I love the image in the in the apse uh, above the altar at the Basilica of the of the Immaculate Conception in D.C. If you've seen that picture of Jesus, oh, it's a yeah. huge mosaic, and he's yoked. You know what I mean? He's he's where he obviously oh, oh, this or is, as, he wore, as the youngsters say he's jacked. <laughs> he's jacked. He's swole. Yeah, yeah swollen. Exactly. <laughs> he's up there, man, and he's got guns. He's got he's got he's got both biceps. He's got the full tricep. He's he's got the pecs. He's got everything that I always wanted, and I won't get until <laughs> I get my glorified body right. He is yoked, king of the universe. And only the kingship of Christ is going to unite humanity. Without it, we're seeing what's happening. We're seeing wars and and just and nothing but fighting uh, and 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 uh, uh, conflict, etc. So Christ, the King, conquers with His blood. He reigns in the universe, and he, when He comes again in His glory, believe me, He's going to be yoked. We even see it in the Book of Revelation. You know, a warrior He comes with a sword coming right. out of His mouth. Yeah. So. So this is who we serve. This is who we've all decided to give our lives to, you know, and uh, and it's the power of the precious blood and 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 uh, what these what these Satanists do to do uh, to distort it gives us really an insight into the truly powerful that we overlook 
every day. And we drive by our churches and don't stop in and spend time before our Eucharistic Lord, mm. meditating on his sacred flesh, the flesh that died, the flesh that died for us, right? The flesh that became glorified so, so that we could be glorified, etc. Anyway, yep. I don't get too much DDT because then we might we might <laughs> blow up blow up the airways with it. So we'll we'll keep it right, right there. What do you say, Jess? Yeah, I'm saying that the most precious way that we can invoke the precious blood of Jesus is during Mass. When you go to Holy Mass, bring all your problems to the Lord. Bring them your fears. Bring the afflictions that the devil causes and break them during the consecration. When the priest raises that chalice or, or, or and when he drinks from the precious blood, there's your opportunity to banish evil. Place all your cares and problems on, the, on that patent, on that chalice. There's your chance to dispel all your problems, your bad habits, your imperfections, your defects, anything that attacks or that haunts you. There's your chance to get to to make an appeal for all your needs. Adore the blood of Jesus and invoke it and cover it yourself every single day in prayer. The blood of Jesus breaks all the bonds of the devil and dispels all our confusion. Every drop of Jesus is more potent than all the evil demons can conjure, and they can do nothing in the face of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I don't know how That's you end. I, 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 I can't. I can't wrap it up better than you. That that is just fantastic. <laughs> Again, this is why you know, I encourage you also to look at the uh, Auxilium Christian Orm to pray those prayers, invoke the precious blood of Jesus. Through the blood of Jesus, we have been saved, and and, and learn to go deeper into your faith. Learn have greater devotion to our Eucharistic Lord. Have Eucharistic contacts every day with Him. Stopping by the chapel, spending time with Him, laying all your worries, your fears, your sufferings, everything on the altar. Amen. This is again the expanded view. Back to Saint Augustine, the totus Christus, the total, complete Christ. Christ the head, Christ the body. The priest stands unique, or you know, uniquely oriented to God. And his ontological. Uh, I hear the music, Dan. Part. That's a wrap, my friend. All right. That's a wrap. Wednesday War Callers, DDT. Devil Destroying Theology. Okay, we're, here's, where we make, here's where we make people UFC fighters, ultimate faithful Catholics. Hey, up next, Gary Machuda, hands on apologetics. As for me and Dan, EOW, end of watch, but we're never off duty for Jesus. We are always, always on duty for Jesus and Our Lady. Pick up your rosaries, pray your rosaries, live in a state of grace, don't live in a state of mortal sin. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We are out.